listening to the Sunnyview Christian Church Sermon Podcast, a weekly podcast with the most recent sermons from Sunnyview Christian Church. We are glad you are here, and we pray you experience God's salvation and healing with us. Pastor Jim Hardy brings us a message from God's Word based in the book of Zechariah. This sermon is part of a five-week series called God Builds His House. Let's see what God has in store for us today. So with that, uh, let's get started and let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to worship and to serve you. So Lord, I pray that our hearts would be quieted right now. And that, that we would be able to put aside all the concerns of life right now and focus solely upon you. And that in hearing from you, Lord, you will address those issues. You will address those concerns. You will address those, those joys, Lord, that you've died for us to have. Father, thank you. Thank you. That we may study now. I pray your spirit would move powerfully in our hearts now. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing in our book of, of Zechariah. But before we go there, I, I, we, we, we've been studying like, like the, the blocks, the bricks that God uses to build his house, okay? And the first one was worship. And last week we learned about redemption, okay? Well, this week we're learning about the block of righteousness. And, and so righteousness is a big word, okay? It, I mean, if you're playing Scrabble, this is worth a lot of points, all right, but but righteousness is is a very very big word. I think what what I do and what what makes sense to me is that if we shorten it down to this culture to to a point that we could understand, and so righteousness is is rightness. All right, we'll just take the vowels out and put a hyphen there, and, and we'll bring it together. It's the state of being right. How many people want to be right? <laughs> they're all like I don't know what am I right for you know and you're asking that question but 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 it's a, it's the it's the state of being in right relationship which begs the question according to whose standards according in relationship with whom it's it, it, it begs these questions and so when we're talking about righteousness we're talking about being in right relationship with God as he's designed it to be that's righteous. That's rightness. And that is right. Okay? It's all packed into together. But when we see the word righteousness, when we're, we're studying and we're reading about it, what we're going to see is that, that we exist in relationship with God. And he has done something in us as far as redeeming us from where we were at and addressing those issues so that we can worship, so that he can produce in, in us a right relationship with him. Now, now I, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I, I, I pray and I seek God and it's quiet. You ever, you ever get that experience where, where things are just quiet and, and you're like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and, and it's just quiet. Well, you know what? I want to encourage you today that there's sometimes in our life where things are quiet because God's doing something great and we got to be patient with him. We got to wait on him. We got to get ready for what he's doing. 
And, and see, God is able to orchestrate great and awesome things. And sometimes that takes a lot of pieces, a lot of moving pieces that he's got to put in place in order for that for us to be ready and, and for what he's got. And so, so this is what righteousness is. Righteousness is about right relationship. Now, let's, let's put a little history here, and then we'll jump, jump into the book of Zechariah. Here is our little town, Jerusalem. And Judea is about this big, okay? It's about the size of my fist right here on the screen. It's not very big, but, but here's this little town called Babylon, all right? And Babylon was the guy who came over and destroyed the temple in 586, right? And came over, and then this little area down here is this Persia area. Well, this came over and took Babylon, and now this king by the king Darius is now in charge of this whole dark region up here, okay? And so, so what has happened is that is God has now re- taken his people, and he's destroyed the temple and allowed to be destroyed, and he's hauled his people back to Babylon here for captivity for 70 years, okay? This was the land that God had promised that they would live in, and now they're living way over here. Okay, you see the, the tension or, or, or how things don't line up? And so, so what's taking place here is, is uh, sorry, I just lost my thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's happening here is, is that they've now been released. We're in the history part right here. They've now been released, and now they're coming back here, and they've now been here like 22 months, and it's they're 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 building the temple, and it's taken. They're, they're not. It's not complete, but they're 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 building the temple, and they've been released. God has delivered them with the senses that they could build the temple again, and so that's what they're doing. And so Zechariah is overseeing this process, and, and he's instilling the people. He, he's working on their hearts and, and and getting them to to work on the temple. But now he's addressing some real issues in their life, and the issue is righteousness. So, so let's go, and we'll jump right into chapter 7 here in Zechariah. It says, In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of Kislev. All right? Kislev. Why is this so important? This is important because what Israel did, once the temple was destroyed and they went to Babylon, they instilled a day of feast, uh, of fasting, excuse me, not feasting, it's fasting. And the, what, what the, the, the writings say, these are extra writings other than the Old Testament, was that this feast was to be instilled in, in, in their culture, in their lives, to remember the fact of where they were. They were, they were sinning against God, and they weren't in the right direction. It doesn't make any sense to celebrate that. It makes more sense to, to have a day of fasting about the, the, the destruction of the temple. And so, so, so this, this feast was in, uh, then uh, implemented, and what happened was that they, they would say, this, would, this, this fasting would be in place until we are back in our own country, all right, and we are in charge of what's going on in our own country, meaning that we don't have somebody looking over our shoulders and telling us what to do. And so, so this, this fasting would go on and on and on. And so one guy down the, in Bethel, okay, Bethel's a little further down, it's like a day's walk. They got together and they put this committee together, all right, and the people of Bethel had, uh, had sent, all right, here we go, 
Sarzirs, all right, and, and Regum Amalek. This word Molech is a, a king, all right, in the Hebrew it's, it stands for king. But re, this guy's in charge down in Bethel, okay. Today, or together with their men, he entreated, all right. That word entreated is very key to us understanding. We'll come back to that here in just a second. The Lord, by asking the priests of the house of the Lord Almighty, uh, of the prophets, should I mourn and fast in the fifth month? As I have done for so many years. Okay? Is this a legitimate question? Should I continue fasting and crying and being all this religious practice stuff? Can it, should I do that? Can I should do it like I have for so long? What he's doing is saying, hey, look, I'm doing all the rules. I'm doing all the religious stuff. Do I have to keep doing that? Church, there is a very important parallel between this question during the day in which it's asked and today. I applaud you for making the choice to get up and to come today. I love that. I love to see your faces. I love to, to see what's going on in your life. And, 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 and it's a beautiful thing. But, but we sometimes ask this question in our own lives. Should I go? Should I talk to that person? Should I be in this, uh, this study? Should I open the word? Should I pray? Should I, should I seek out healing? Should I seek out salvation? Should I do these things in relationship to the Lord? These are all questions that I think our society is asking. Should we? Mourn a fast with the fifth month. Now, now this word entreat here, this is the manner in which he, he's asking the question. So he's asking the question and seeking an answer, but he's doing it with a little leading, if you will. Like a little haughtiness, if you will, a little intensity here. And so when he's asking, hey, should we do this stuff? He, he's like shaking his head. Like, no, nah, we don't really need to do this anymore, Right. We don't really need to do this anymore, right? And, and so, so this is the question that's being begged to answer. And, and, and say, you know what? We're back in our own country. Do we have to keep doing this fast thing? Yeah, we're mostly in charge. Do we have to keep doing this fast thing? And so God answers the question. And I want you to be ready for this answer. Then the word of the Lord Almighty, that's, that's the, his favorite phrase in Zechariah, Lord Almighty, okay? The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the, fast, for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? Was it really for me that you fasted? And he goes on to say this, and when you were eating and drinking, and not only fasting, but now, now you're eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are those not the words of the Lord proclaimed through the, through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous, and the Negev and the western foothills were settled? What, what, what he's saying here is, hey, you know what? This is not just a problem that you're asking right now. I want to show you something about your heart. 
And so, so what's the answer exposes their heart. When they were doing their religious practices and, and practicing this, this, this fasting, they, they, would, they would do things that, that would draw attention to themselves and say, hey, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Rather than saying, hey, I get to fast for God. I get to get up in the morning for God. I get to eat breakfast this morning for God. I get to go to work for God. Yeah, I get to come home and play with the kids for God. Yeah, I get to mow the lawn and take out the trash for, yeah, or so I don't get in trouble. No, for God. <laughs> for God. Yeah. You see, all those things, even the things we don't like to do, we can do in relationship to God. Because that's the way he designed right relationship to be. Even if we don't like it. Because even if we don't like it, God's building character in us. He's showing us what it is to be faithful and, and to be patient and to be long-suffering. All those things that, that reflect him. And, and we get to experience that. So, so that's right and that's right relationship. But, but here, what he does is he points them back to the earlier prophets. And we look at the major prophets, okay? Isaiah existed before the whole exile thing. He took care of the northern uh, nation there. And then Jeremiah took, uh, was a prophet during that time. And so I, I looked, I searched through, and said, okay, there's got to be something there. And you know what I found? Go to Isaiah 58, all right? In Isaiah 58, they're asking the same question. Why have you fasted? Why, why have we fasted? Okay, they're asking God this, all right? Why have we fasted, they said, and you have not seen it. We're doing our religious thing, and you're not even looking at us. Why have you humbled yourself, and you have not noticed? Well, they're asking God, hey, should we even do this anymore? You know what? We all need a purpose. And let me tell you what the purpose is in life in relationship to God. And that's to know him as God in every aspect of your life. To walk with him because he's God. To know him because he's God. But put your faith and your trust in him because he is God. That's it. We don't have to make it real hard or complicated. No, I'm trusting him because he's God. I'm reading his word because he's God. I'm following him. I'm praying because he's God. And he's moving in my life in such a way that I can see changes. I can see things happening in my life or, or, or things being taken away from my life. I love our mission statement. I love, I love our whole vision statement about our, 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 that as Sunnyview is a place where salvation can be found and healing can take place. We're talking about righteousness there, where, where, where people can find salvation, can find a relationship with God, and they can begin to walk with him. And that healing of that righteousness, that right relationship with him, can take place in such a way that they're no longer an enemy of God, they're now living in relationship with God. And church, that, that is what Christ has done. That's the foundation on which we worship and the block of redemption and, and now the block of righteousness in which he's building our church. We need to be about righteousness and about right relationship with him. So, so here we go. They're, they're, they're saying, you haven't even noticed. And so what does he do? He gives them an answer. 
Yet on the day of your fasting, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking now, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. So, so here's the situation. Yeah, it's a day of fasting, but you don't get the day off. You got to work, all right? And not only you got to work, but now you can't eat or drink, all right? No water, nothing like that. Now you still got to go out and do your job, okay? And, and so your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. And in striking each other with wicked fists. Why? Because they're cranky. They're hungry. And it's not about God. It's about, hey, I'm hungry. And I'm having to work. And it's not fair that you're not working and I am. And, you know, they, they, it just goes nowhere. It says, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. You see, they're not living in relationship with God. They're trying to do this religious thing to get it over with so that they can move on with everything else. Church, we, we can shake our heads, but the th fact is, don't we do the same thing? Don't we do the same thing? Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only a, a bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it just one day, or should it be every day? Is it, is it just fasting because you want to get the religious requirement out of the way and not really living in relationship with God? And I would have to say for all of us here, including myself, is that we can improve in this area. We can grow in this area. So, so it's not a matter of a status like, oh, I did it. No, it's a matter of, this is what God's doing. You see, we're pointing back to him, and we're walking with him, and we're knowing him, and he's doing a work in our life in such a way that we don't want, now we want to do those things. How many people really want to skip a meal? I don't, all right? I don't. But when my eyes are on God, I can give up things like coffee. <laughs> Not that I want to, but... I'd have to look at God really closely. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. But he doesn't stop there. He starts to tell him what a fast is. It's not this the kind of fasting I have, I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. He says, if you want to fast, let's fast from the things that you're doing. And instead, let's fast from those things so that you'll set the captives free, that you'll loosen the bonds, and so that you will do the things that I would do. In another way, is they say, hey, you fast. Yeah, that's great. Do that. But do it in relationship to me. So many times we try to do things on our own and take the credit for ourselves, and what we're doing is just robbing God. He goes on to say this, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? He says, if you want to fast, let's do this. Let's do the right things in relationship with God. Remember when Jesus was talking and he said, you know, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, 
and you gave me a cup of water. Remember he says, I was naked, and you clothed me? Yeah, remember? And he says, yeah, I was a stranger, and you invited me in? Yeah. And they said, when did we ever do that? And what was Jesus' words? When you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. Yeah. You see, they were doing those things, but Jesus needed to take them the next step and say, hey, when you're doing these things, you're doing it in relationship to God, in relationship to Jesus. Do you know the things that you do have eternal significance? Yeah. The people that you meet and talk to have eternal significance. It may be just for a short moment. It may be for a lifetime. I don't know. It may be just a greeter, somebody you wave at at the store. I don't know. But, but, but what I do know is that the way in which we approach people and live out our Christianity is a way in which either reflects God or it doesn't. Church, that's where they're at. I want you to show you here in Isaiah what, what's going to take place, Okay. When your light will break, uh, he says, when you start to fast and fast in relation to me and do the things that I would do, he says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness, right relationship, right? Then your righteousness will go before you. This is a beautiful image. Check this out. My righteousness or your righteousness is going to go before you. Everyone's going somewhere after this, okay? How would you like the righteousness of God to be there first? And you join them there. Do you see what's taking place? Yeah. God says that when you start focusing on me in those areas and you start to go first, your righteousness will go forth because it's not our righteousness technically. It's his. And we get to be a part of that. So here's the righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. That means that whatever you engage in now, it's going to end up glorifying the Lord. Amen? Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and listen to these words. And he will say, here I am. Here I am. Does that sound like a God that's far away, that doesn't hear our words? Does that not sound like a relationship where, where, where things are focused on him and, and, and his righteousness, his right relationship, is that we're coming back to the design of God. He designed us to live in relationship with him. And they're asking the question, do we, should we really do this stuff anymore? That takes us back to Zechariah when it says this, and, and the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your heart, do not think evil of each other. Why? Because that's counter God. That leads to death. Those are things that are destructive. Those are not things that give life. And and, and as far as the God that I read about in in Scripture, this God Almighty is powerful enough to make the world. He's able to make light. He's able to make rivers 
split in half or seas to be split in half and people can walk on dry ground. He's able to hold the still, the sun, so that when we look up in the stars at night and we can see that, hey, our God is not so small. He is big. He's huge. And he's magnificent. He is God Almighty. And so when we come to him and we ask those questions, God, should I really do the things that are religious in relationship with you? Should it be about what I can do about you? God is saying it's not about what you can do. It's about what I can do in you. Church, there's been a, an argument that has gone on for centuries. It's, it's this argument between Calvinism and Arminianism, all right? Yes, I'm going to go there, all right? One says that, that, that you have to do everything, okay? And you get to choose and make choices, and, 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 and you participate in the relationship. The other one says you, you're totally deprived and nothing can happen, okay? It's all what God can do. And I think both of them are right, okay? Because let me give you an example. There are certain decisions that you make each and every day, and I would call those small decisions, and those decisions are decisions that you make in relationship with God. But there's not one of us in here that, 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 that cannot deny the fact that there's some things that only God can do in your life. So what if we were to adopt both of them and put them together and to say, hey God, there's some things in my life that you've got to do. And I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to walk in relationship with you. But whether I eat Cheerios or cornflakes in the morning, I, it makes no difference. I'm going to eat them for you. I'm going to walk in relationship with you. And I'm going to choose that each and every day and moment of my life. Until that time in which God is able to do those things in my life that I can't do. See, church, we're all in process here. God is calling us into relationship with him so that he can produce a righteousness in us. That's why we can do these things. Don't think evil of each other. But they refuse to pay attention. He's now summing up the history. That's why they went into exile, right? Suddenly they turned their backs and, and stopped up their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint. Or some, some translate that to like diamonds, right? They made their heart as, uh, hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the words that the, the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. Do you notice the, the awkwardness here? Zechariah keeps calling the Lord Almighty. The Lord all-powerful, the one who is able to, to command the armies, the, the Lord of the hosts of the heavens, the Lord that is all-powerful and almighty. You see, see, now he's got the, the, our, his creation, and his creation is rebelling against him. And what, what happens? The heart becomes hard as flint or hard as stone. Is it possible is it possible to have a heart of stone and still pump blood? Is it possible to have a rock for a heart and expect it to pump blood to the rest of your body? It's kind of an awkward image, isn't it? 
But it's a beautiful image of what God does because he could take what is hard as flint and stone and diamond. He could take all that. And what he can do is he can cut it in such a way that it produces a, a muscular heart that pumps. Yeah. He could take a heart of stone and a heart of flint and he could transform it. He could call something that's not and call it as if it was, okay? And, and he could take and he could give life where there is no life. That's our God. That's what he does. And that's what the blood of Jesus has done in our lives. He has given us eternal life by dying on the cross and paying for our debt. He has taken our hearts of stone that have been rebellion to him, and he's given us life to live for him. Yeah. God's angry here. The Lord Almighty is angry here because there are those of his creation that are living in rebellion to him being Lord Almighty. You know what the number one sin that I think we deal with in our community I'm becoming more and more convinced of this, is that we want to create God to be somebody that we want him to be. We don't allow him to be the God that he is. Yeah, God, I'm okay with you rescuing me, forgiving my sins, give me eternal life, give me go to heaven. I'm, I'm good with that, okay? But just don't mess with my other parts of my life. Does that mean he's God Almighty? No. We, we, we ask the same thing. God, don't do that to me. Do I really have to do that? Yeah, we start asking those kind of questions. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen. Does that sound like a healthy relationship with the Lord Almighty? No. Not at all. So this was what happened. Instead of blessing them and protecting them and providing for them, God withdrew and wouldn't even listen to them. And what, what was naturally happening here is I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations where they were strangers. The land was left so desolate behind them that no one could come or go. This is how they made the pleasant land desolate. I don't know where you're at in relationship to knowing God. Maybe there's an obstacle in the way. Maybe there's, there's something in your life that you keep returning to and it keeps, keeps sabotaging the relationship. Maybe you've been trying to do it all on your own when actually it's something that only God can do. Whatever those, the situation is, whatever those circumstances are, let me tell you something. Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for our sins, all of our sins, so that he could give us life and he could give it eternally, abundantly, according to John 10.10. I want to challenge you this week to live for God, to take your past and where he's brought you from and where he's called you from and where you've been and to take your past and, and view it in terms of a, of a fast and saying, you know what, that, that was back then, but that's not now. That was back then, and I'm going to deny that. I'm not going to partake in that. I'm going to leave it, and I'm going to now turn, and my eyes fixed on him, I'm now going to see him as my God Almighty. Guess what? When we start doing that, we will see the God Almighty. And our lives will be forever changed. Forever. 
Let's lift them up now. Father, thank you for being God Almighty. There's nothing, nothing, Lord, that is above you. Forgive us when we think that we can outthink or outdo you. Forgive us when we do not consider your ways or your words or the right relationship that you want us to have with you. Lord, we come to you because you called us, because you are God Almighty. Lord, there's things that we want to do for you, and we pray that you would be glorified through them. But Lord, we also, we also want to acknowledge that there's things that only you can do in our lives. Give us a new heart. To give us a new life. Father, there's, there's, you're a holy God. You're a just God. And Lord, we cannot fake it. So Lord, you have laid before us the opportunity to walk with you. Father, I pray for your strength, your courage, your word that is planted in our heart, that it might guide and direct our lives. That, Lord, your righteous, our righteousness that you produce in us will go before us, as, as Isaiah says, and that your glory will be our rear guard. Lord, may our single focus be you. so that we may know your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a decision you would like to make or would like to talk to Pastor Jim personally, you can email him at pastorjim at sunnyview.church. Sunnyview Christian Church is located in Oshkosh, Wisconsin at 175 East County Road Y. For more information about Sunnyview Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.sunnyview.church or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sunnyviewchurch. We look forward to seeing you again next week.